Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Saturday, June 27th. I'm still J.E. Skeets on a weekend, and joining us here on the phone, we got Tass Mellis. Saturday on the pod. <laughs> we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o! Hey-o! And last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are. No Lili today. I think he went fishing once again with the boys. It's all good, though. We had to rally the troops here, though, today, because the 2020 NBA season restart schedule has been released. This bad boy dropped on Friday night, and people were excited. Each team will have eight regular season games to help finalize the playoff seeding. Bubble basketball tips with two games starting on July 30th as the Jazz face off against Pelicans, followed by the Clippers and Lakers. Both of those games live on TNT. So... What, the players and teams here have a, fu- a couple of weeks, two weeks, I guess, to knock off the rust and get these playoff seeds and maybe, maybe see if we uh, get a Mega Bowl play-in tournament, whether or not a team can force that. So we got some questions here about the restart schedule. First one's a fun one. Tass, why don't you get us started? What's your one must-watch game from these 88 games? It's hard for me to look past that opening night, July 30th on TNT. And look past the Clippers and Lakers. I can look past the Jazz and Pelicans, which are opening <laughs> that night. But I'm looking forward to the Clippers and Lakers. Because in the words of Sam Amick, this NBA bubble experiment, it's like a rocket launch. We're all waiting with bated breath, waiting to see what happens overall. And on opening night, they will have been down there for several weeks. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of like the rocket launch. And it's almost exactly like opening night of this actual season where the Lakers and Clippers played the second game of a doubleheader where no one really cared about the first game. Sorry, Raptors, but it was the Raptors and Pelicans then uh, without Zion Williamson. They raised the banner that night. Right. Jazz and Pelicans getting us started before the Lakers and Clippers, which is, should be the Western Conference Finals. And hey, it's a TNT night. I'm already thinking about Charles with maybe some sort of hair on his face. I don't know. It uh, should be just a, a fun night. What about on his head? Imagine that. Yeah. We, we got duped with Shaq growing hair right earlier this <laughs> yep, year. Yep. Um, somebody's going to dupe us again. Maybe Ernie. Ernie's going to lie to us this time. So you're keeping it simple. Yeah, I'm keeping it simple. I saw uh, Dan Wojcicki tweeting that uh, this is no doubt the first time that Two teams have played on opening night the same season, you know, right? Like yep. we got Lakers Clippers opening right. night twice. It's amazing, um, <laughs> but it's also like so indicative of kind of what we're going to be seeing once this thing actually restarts, right? Like, will it matter that the Lakers have had three months off when it seemed like perhaps their advantage on the Clippers was that they had been playing together for the entire season, that they had built that chemistry? Or, you know, will it not matter at all? And both teams are coming in fresh, and the Clippers are going to be better because they've been playing with a, kind of a different scenarios throughout the entire season. Uh, so I think that is exciting to see. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I th- I'm, I'm definitely worried about the Clippers in general because, yeah, they were turning it on in March, but hey, you lose out 10, 12 games of a, a team that's never been together before. Uh, you know, I guess you can sort of say the same about LeBron and AD, but they have actually, there's a lot more iterations, like you said, Trey, of the Clippers this year with all the injuries. I, I think the Clippers want to get as many games in as possible. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, this is a funny question because I'm excited for a lot of these games. Uh, part of that is because we haven't had basketball for three and a half to four months. The other part is uh, we got rid of the eight worst teams in the league. So a lot of these games, obviously, uh, 
feel important in terms of playoff seeding and just having two better teams for the most part going at it. I'll pick the Grizzlies versus Pelicans, though. Uh, August 3rd. This is the rare 6.30 p.m. Eastern start on ESPN. A little dinner basketball. Sit down and have a lamb shank while I watch this one. I like that. It's going to be the third game for both of these teams. I get your excitement on opening night or reopening night tasks in the Lakers Clippers, but I am worried about the first couple of games, maybe in the first week or so. It could be pretty ugly. I uh, wouldn't be shocked if it isn't. So maybe, uh, you know, having like, again, the third game isn't deep into the restart. I get that. But maybe, you know, they found their legs a little bit and the flow's going a little bit more. Both teams, Pelicans will have played the Jazz and the Clippers. Grizzlies will have played the Blazers and the Spurs. Now, unfortunately for Memphis, this is their weird one back-to-back situation. Um, tough spot because they're playing a team that's trying to chase them in the standings. But according to Kevin Pelton, he's crunched the numbers Grizzlies-Pels is the biggest swing game in the play-in matchup race. So, huge. And look, Zion Williamson versus John Morant, hell yeah. You know, give me the highlights. So, I'm super excited about Grizz-Pels, you know, not too far into this thing. I'll say one thing about the the Lakers and Clippers as well. They want to beat each other real bad. Yeah. Uh, So, so I'm with you. It could be super rusty, but... Both times that you know they've they've suited up this year. Well, I guess I guess that they've suited up three times, and and the the Lakers finally got them in that last game right mm-hmm. before uh, the hiatus. But they probably don't want to show too much, quote unquote, show too much. But they also want to beat each other's ass before they uh, they play in the Western Conference Finals. You'd expect. Yeah, for sure. And what will the numbers be for that game, right? Yeah. Lakers Clippers like the ratings. You would think they'd be astronomical, <laughs> being on TNT. A little bit of an earlier start for a second game, I think in the 9.30 slot. You know, it's the first night coming back. These are two you know powerhouse teams with all these talent. It's LeBron included. Like, hold it's a niner. Boy. It's a niner. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be huge, though, I think. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Trey, what about you? What's your one must-watch game? Well, Skeets, you mentioned a couple of things that really caught my ear. People were very excited about the schedule, and there's going to be no duds on the schedule because... We got rid of all the bad teams, but guess Mm -hmm. what? They didn't get rid of all the bad teams. On the first full day of games, there's a Suns versus Wizards game. It is the ultimate test of how much did you actually miss the NBA? Because this is going to be on League Pass. These are two teams that have no business being there. We already know that two players are going to be gone. Right, and Davis Bertans and Kelly Oubre. I guess yep. I guess maybe you think of this as a rivalry game for that trade. For the Oubre trade, we're getting back to it. I don't know. But for these two teams, obviously every game is meaningful. They have to win as many as they possibly can to even force a Mega Bowl, especially the first one. But both of these teams' games are likely going to matter less and less every single day. So if you really want to see every team there play, you got to watch Suns Wizards on July 31st. <laughs> we already know that Lee Ellis will not be watching that game. He exactly. That He's on tapping Friday. on game, what, six of the restart? <laughs> nope. No, thank you. It's four o'clock. Got to have my tea. Yeah. He said, nope, I won't be watching all these. Okay, wow. This is an interesting pick by you. Uh, it was a real swerve there. You zagged while we zigged. Um, well, we it's a must-watch because you. this is the one that you feel like you have to watch. You're like, oh, okay, I got to put in some effort. This is the first time it feels like a chore. I mean, it is on the first day. That's a tough part, but I think Lee can power through. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's starting at the same time as Grizzlies Blazers. They even did that <laughs> to this game. They're like, they gave you the option. Ugh. Yeah. And no, even 90 minutes before that, the Magic are playing the Brooklyn Nets, and it's not on... 
national TV either. No, right? no. That didn't occur to me that there would be games on League Pass not on national TV. I thought yeah. they would just be plotted out like a summer league schedule and somehow they'd find a network, especially during this time where stations are looking for absolutely any sort of live sports programming. But yeah, a good chunk of games. Tuning in to the League Pass. Are you hardcore enough? <laughs> we, um, Will you watch Suns Wizards? <laughs> we still don't know. I, I think it was Blake Murphy was writing this in the Athletic Slack channel. We still don't know whether the NBA is really doing anything for home court advantage, right, down here in Orlando. Because there was a bunch of like gimmicky ideas being proposed. But, I mean, we don't know. There's been no official word. So maybe the league just scratched all that, right? And just said, just play basketball. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't worry about the court. and Don't worry about this or that. It's, it's, I feel like that's where they're going to go with this. Um, there was know, not- a little talk, I guess, at the time that teams would be able to choose their hotel. And that came off like a joke. We're like, <laughs> choose your hotel? What is this, summer camp? But kind of the NBA did choose the hotels for the teams that would have home court advantage yeah. in the mm-hmm. first place, right? Yeah. No, that's true. So uh, well, there might be still more word. I mean, I feel like this is tipping next weekend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the the basketball, but this is, uh, this is still a month away here. All right, next one. Which team guys benefited most from the new schedule that we've seen? Who's the big winner of this whole thing? Well, I think it's the New Orleans Pelicans and subsequently the NBA because it's now likelier more fans will be tuning in because Zion is now likelier to be in a playoff elimination game or games. Mm-hmm. The old Mega Bowl, as we're calling it, the Mm. elimination game possibility. Because the Pelicans, they currently sit in ninth, tied with the Blazers and the Kings. Winner of ninth gets into that game with the Grizzlies or or games. Grizzlies would just have to beat them once, while the Pels would have to beat them twice. And they uh, are now in the driver's seat for the ninth seed, are the Pelicans, because they got a juicy schedule. They got the Washington Wizards, by far the worst team, going to Orlando at 24 and 40. They got the Spurs without LaMarcus Aldridge. Another sub-500 team in the Magic, a Grizzlies, an eight-seeded team, and the Kings, yeah. who they're tied with twice. Uh, that's that's five of their eight games. And so they have to hold off the Blazers, Spurs, Kings, and Suns. Uh, but uh, they've got such a nicer sched. Uh, a lot of people are saying, well, that's that's too easy. You're giving them the advantage over those, those four teams I mentioned. But they had a really easy sched pre-corona going into March and April. That's what their schedule was going to be for the actual end of the season. So it kind of lines up that way. It kind of works out for them. And I'm sure the league is pretty happy that Zion Williamson could be in this elimination game against the eighth-seeded team, who I assume will be the Grizzlies, uh, for one or two games. And those will not be on League Pass. Those will definitely be on (laughs) national TV. So uh, they're in the driver's seat. They're they're definitely looking good. Yeah, I, I mean, this is a we're seeing like a, a bit of weird backlash to like everybody going, oh, the Pelicans, the you know, league's just like lined it up for them to force this plan or even get the eight seed and all that. But like you said, Tass, they had the easiest schedule remaining in the NBA right. when the league was forced out. The easiest. So the league sort of tried the best they could in this situation to replicate that. And well, they did, right? I mean, they, they're the only participating team whose opponents have a sub 500 combined winning percentage and like you listed a lot of the you know sort of the worst teams or the bad teams that they're going to be playing and that's but that's fine i mean it, it's not there are there are other instances in this where it's like one team had a pretty easy remaining schedule and then it was like oh it suddenly got harder but the pelicans had an easy one and it remains pretty easy so seems fair to me 
Yeah, right. I've been deep in the Johniverse for the past 24 hours, and I saw John Schumann when he came out with his opponent winning percentage. You know, Pelicans, you see, have the easiest schedule, and everybody's like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. they just want Zion to be in here. And his next tweet was saying that the the winning percentage of the teams that they play actually went up because they dropped all these bad teams yeah. that they would be playing. That's just how it was. But another John, John Hollinger, was saying that those two games against the Kings are kind of the games for the ninth seed, eighth seed in the Western Conference because if Sacramento is able to pull off wins in both of those games, then maybe they'll actually be able to jump New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You're drowning in Johns, eh? Schumann, Hollinger? Wow. <laughs> oh my goodness. So many Johns. It's ridiculous. I was watching Greece last night. John Travolta? <laughs> I don't know. That as first John I not... thought of, John Travolta in 2020. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're not dr- drowning in the actual John, then you're okay. Uh, uh, I'm, w- I'm wondering, Zion Williamson, what's he going to look like? I-, I guess we had this you know, four month wait before he came back. And now we've got this other wait. Is he going to be just fine? I assume so. I assume people, you know, rumors are he's looking pretty, uh, pretty fit. I don't know yeah. if he's in a Marc Gasol situation here or a Jokovic mm-hmm. situation, but that's what people are saying. It's not the opposite. I'm like, uh Oh, he's in trouble. So I think he's fine. He's a young kid. I'm sure he's put the work in. Who's seeing him? Who, who's, who's given these reports? That's what I want to know. <laughs> people who are on zoom with them or, People hang it. I guess maybe he's been at the facility at the actual. Yeah, that's what I would think. Arena. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Pelicans. Yeah, that's a that's a bit of an obvious one. That's a that's a good winner. They're they're still looking pretty good. Like you said, they're in the driver's seat. Um, who else? Trey. Is there another team that you think's a winner out of this? Yeah, another team that fared well in the Johniverse was the Philadelphia 76ers. They basically just don't have to play any elite teams. The only top four seed they play is Toronto, and that's in the last week of the restart. That'll be followed by Houston. Also a tough game, but at that point, easily those teams could be resting players to get ready for the actual playoffs. They played two five seeds, Indiana, uh, alongside Houston, but everybody else is eighth or below. You listed some of the teams earlier. Uh, The Spurs, no LMA. Washington has no Bertans. Phoenix has no Oubre. They have the the Sixers are two back of Miami. They're second in the Schumann strength of schedule. I think Philadelphia came out pretty easy here because they've got just uh just a chunk of below five hundred teams to be playing. Yep. Uh, they're actually going to come up in a later question that we have when we're making predictions. I feel pretty good about the Sixers uh, standing heading into this restart, just like you. All right, let's flip the question. Which team got hosed? You know, who, who's the biggest loser from this schedule release? Or is that maybe even a dumb question? I don't know. Trey, why don't you get us started on this one? The Blazers got a tough schedule. Six of their eight teams are going to be against the good playoff teams, right? They're going to be playing uh, some top of the pops. The problem for the Blazers, as John Schumann explained, is that nine of their 16 remaining games were versus teams with losing records. Okay, but six of those nine were against teams that aren't playing anymore. The Delete Eight, their schedule, just by dropping off all of those teams made it a lot harder for them to even try and catch the Pelicans. The good thing for Portland, however, is that they are going to probably be as healthy as they have for the entire season. And, you know, with this thing restarting, we don't really know what these teams are going to look like. But if you're just talking teams on paper based on their past performance, Portland's got a tough one. And, you know, uh, it's it's interesting to see considering they were one of the teams kind of leading the charge of saying, we don't want to come there and play if we don't have anything to play for. Well, you've got a lot of really tough games to be playing for something. I'm so intrigued with the lineups that they're going to run out because you said they're the healthiest they've been. 
Uh, they've got Zach Collins back, who was uh, their starting four most likely had to be kind of shifted over because they had Hassan Whiteside at the five. Now their real starting five is also back. Yusuf Nurkic at the five. Hassan Whiteside, is he going to be happy going to the bench? Then you Trevor Ariza, their starting three, who came over midseason, was looking all right. Um, but, you know, Mello now will probably slide into that spot because Trevor Ariza isn't coming. So there's going to be a lot of Mello mints. There's going to be a lot of bigs out there that probably aren't fleet afoot uh, to, to be guarding guards who are getting into the lane with, with Mello and Zach Collins just coming back and Nurkic just coming back. Uh, you know, the schedule's not boding well for them now. It's, uh, it is it is Damian Lillard time, and he, he can probably take this team on his back, but there's some challenges, and there's not a lot of time to, to figure it out like, as, as far as game time because you, you have to have a, a pretty decent schedule, uh, or decent record, I should say, to get into ninth, ninth, ninth spot when you've got so many teams that you're battling with. Are you worried at all about C.J. McCollum's mind being on his vineyard and the wine he's trying to sell too? It's possible, right? Mm. Certainly. Well, I'm more concerned with him thinking about Wonderland in Canada, the amusement park. <laughs> he's probably dreaming of riding by himself. A lot of social distancing. I get this, the whole bat to myself. Ooh, well, man, fun. hold on. If he loves Canada's Wonderland, he must love Disney World, right? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> he must be going crazy being down there. But hold on, hold on. Uh, as far as rides go, wh- yeah. what has better rides, Wonderland or Disneyland? Oh, geez. Like, you're, okay. Like Wonderland in Canada has got great roller coasters. It really does. Um, you're right. I've never been to Disney World. I just assume there were roller coaster rides. There are, for sure. Okay. Mm. Um, I would assume there are pretty good ones. No, I don't know. Maybe? There's, there's yeah. that one yeah, in Wonderland. Some classics, some okay. Classics, yeah. I, I think, I think C.J. McCollum's a thrill man, though. Like there, <laughs> and, and Wonderland, you can. There's that one where you're on your belly. You're in the prone position the whole time, <laughs> and you're doing loops. That's amazing. Oh, I think they closed that one down, Dad. Actually, oh, no. <laughs> I think. Oh, what was that called? Jeez, I know exactly what ride uh, you're talking about. The prone zone. <laughs> it was a weird ride. It was like a Superman ride, wasn't it? Was yeah. it? I think it was branded Superman. I, yeah, I'm gonna just go right. dip into the okay. old Google. Well, while so. you're looking up that Tass, uh, besides the Blazers, who you sounds like you agree with, is there another team you think got hosed a little bit here? No doubt. Um, the Nuggets are an interesting one. I, I'm gonna start by saying they got hosed because their schedule is tough. They sit third in the West, only a game and a half back of the Clippers, who they were looking at to try and catch, obviously for second. But it's now more likely they fall down to fourth with how tough their sked is and how easy the Jazz's schedule is, the fourth-place team. But I think this is a bit of a blessing in disguise because they have the Lakers, they got the Raptors, other teams that can help them sort of find where their footing is because they haven't been playing well the last few months. They came out of the gate top 10 defense in the year 2019, and then in the year 2020, the two and a half months they actually play basketball, they're like 19th uh, or, or 20th. So... They have to just find out how good they are. Jokic is going to go up against LeBron in these games. He's going to go up against the defending champs. He's going to see how much he can carry this team with those skinny shoulders that he's got coming in. Also coming in uh, you know, with the with the virus that he contracted apparently in uh, in Serbia during this tennis tournament. So I'm just thinking about this Denver Nuggets team. If we're going to have a legitimate championship contender in the Western Conference outside of those two Lakers teams, or the two LA teams, can it be the Nuggets? I don't really believe in them, uh, but uh, I think if they are going to join the Lakers and the Clippers, it's good for them to to go up against them right away and and just and just test it because number one, they weren't playing well 
the last couple months. And number two, they weren't the most convincing team last year, despite winning a playoff series against the Spurs, who weren't a great team, and then went going to seven with the Blazers. Uh, so let's I've got to see Jokic step up and see Jamal Murray step up. I'm just uh, hoping for an actual fun Western Conference bracket when we uh, actually get to the playoffs. Right. You know what's weird about their schedule too? The Nuggets. I just noticed it while you were you were talking there, and I was going through it. They have a lot of early starts, and that is a team. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Nuggets are not playing a lot of like super early starts. Like their first game's a 1 p.m. start. Okay, the earliest start that you could basically have down there, and then they've got like a bunch of like four o'clock starts and a 3:30 start. There there are a few late ones too, like big games on ESPN and TNT, but. A good chunk of them, sort of that early or second game, you know, you wonder if that has an effect on a team that doesn't do that a lot. Um, because even for them, you know, that's like a, what would be like a, I guess like a two o'clock game or something like that. Or what are they, an hour or two behind? I can never remember where uh, the Denver... I think uh, they're two. Or, they're mountain yeah. time. So that's a, that's a little strange to me. I wonder if that yeah, helps, behind. hurts them. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. pretty, it's pretty good point. Pretty body clocks. What are the body clocks going to be exactly. feeling like? Yeah, exactly. that opening yeah. game, it... you said 1 o'clock. That's an 11 a.m. start time for right. them. It's, right. It's interesting. Does, does Orlando throw all that out the window? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, we got to get a John Haberstroh on this to say what is the effect of having your games bunched up at the right times, right? Like, you look at the Lakers, you're like 6.30, 8.30, 9.30. You're playing, it, you're playing in the evening all the time. You look at the Nets, it's 2 o'clock, 1.30, 9 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Somebody that knows about biometrics would be able to figure that out. And, and just to clarify, you did that on purpose as a joke, right, Trey? Calling him John Haberstrow? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. He's okay, part okay, of the okay. universe. <laughs> as, that's very funny. In fact, I like it. From now on, Tom Haberstrow is John Haberstrow. Um, all right, I'll uh, throw two more teams in here into the mix that sort of are like, you know, quote-unquote losers here of the schedule release. One is maybe the Miami Heat, and I saw the the AP's Tim Reynolds tweeting about this. They had one of the easier schedules down the NBA stretch, you know, pre-shutdown. Now the Heat have the fourth hardest schedule in the seeding games when you take into account only the 22 teams remaining this season. That's a tough break um, because they're obviously jockeying for playoff positioning. There's a lot of teams there, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, and the 76ers. They're all battling for, you know, third through sixth. So the Heat are going to have to beat a lot of these good teams. So that's, that's just tough. And the other one, I will say the Grizzlies. And this is sort of uh, more to things we've talked about already prior to uh, you know the schedule being released. Just the idea that the Grizzlies even have to play for their eight seed life. You know what I mean? Like that they're, you know, we've, we've debated whether those other teams, okay, they got rid of the delete eight, but those other six teams, I mean, should they even be there is a fair question. And the Grizzlies, unfortunately, are going to have to hold on to that eight seed and maybe have to win the play-in game and all that. And like, they're up three and a half. I get it. The odds look good, but still, <laughs> you know, if they had just taken the 16 teams, top eight in the West, top eight in the East, and we could have just went right to the playoffs and the Grizzlies are obviously, uh, they're laughing, but they got to play these games out here. Uh, these little sort of warm-up games or seeding games or preseason games, some people are even calling them. So that sucks. Yeah, and they've got to battle five teams, whereas the Magic are just yeah. trying trying to fend off the Wizards, you know. Um, but I feel like that is going to suit Memphis well, you know, having, despite the fact that they are the team that should be in the playoffs right now, it almost feels like they're the underdogs still. I feel like that's more their, their mind frame anyways. Yeah, and I feel you're right about the Wizards and the, the Magic situation. It's like the Wizards are almost giving up before they get there, having Davis yeah. Bertans not go out there and they're five and a half games back. Grizzlies, 
fighting with a bunch of teams that are ready to take their spot. That being said, it's going to be really, really tough for two teams to overcome them, especially with their records against good teams. Now that there's no bad teams out there, the 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 seeds, uh, all of them are not great against 500 plus teams against mm-hmm. the good basketball teams. So for them, for them to miss out on, on the elimination game, the Grizzlies, you'd have to have two teams behind them go seven and one. Mm-hmm. And that's just not going to happen when they were sub 500 against good teams. Uh, and then and the Grizzlies would have to go three and five. So they should be in there. Uh, but uh, I agree. It's, it's, it's maybe not fun, but again, I, I like the Nuggets. It's not bad playing against good teams because a lot of a lot of this is just going to sort of be a run up to the the playoffs. Yeah. Anyway. it's going to be like a nice little preseason. Yeah. All right, we got a few more questions about the new schedule here, but before we get to those, a quick word from our sponsor. Like most of you out there, I've been missing hanging out with my friends during the COVID nineteen quarantine. But luckily, about a month ago, we found a great online game to help us stay connected. It's called World Golf Tour, WGT. I've talked about it before. It's awesome. Once or twice a week, the guys and I, we jump on Zoom or FaceTime and we hit the links to play against each other. So much fun. And Nora absolutely hates it. But this is a very realistic golf game. So you got to keep your composure out there. You got to focus on that little swing meter. So important which is why I'm loving my Sunday Scaries CBD gummies. They help quiet the mind, which means I'm out putting my buddy Grish left and right. Oh, baby, 15 feet, no problem. Read the break. These things work so well that I won a 12-man tournament the other weekend. Picked myself up a new set of irons with my winning, so thanks, Sunday Scaries. And it's no surprise that Sunday Scaries have become a leading CBD brand for millennials. Last year, Sunday Scary CBD gummies and CBD oil won top accolades from Forbes and Men's Health, Allure, and Best Products. Get 25% off your first order with the code NODUNKS, all one word, at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com and enter the code NODUNKS where it asks for a coupon on the checkout page. Find out what product might work best for you. So go to sundayscaries.com and use the code NODUNKS and uh, you know, then go hit WGT and find me and we'll play each other. Okay, here's a fun one. Guys, you can go east or west, wherever you want. Which playoff seeding race will you be watching the most closely? Because there's a lot out there to keep your eye on, but which one are you going to be zeroing in on, Tass? I'm going to see uh, if the Raps are going to give up that two seed to the Boston Celtics, something you wouldn't have even batted an eye at before the, the coronavirus knocked us off the schedule here. But the Celtics, they could catch the wraps. And the prize for the number two seed, it's nice. You get to play a bad team in the first round of the playoffs, yeah. the Magic yeah. or the Nets, a sub-500 team. Now, maybe the Raps are, uh, have an advantage because they're down in Florida already, the team that got down there first. Not all their guys, but uh, a lot of them are down there in Collier County. Uh, and they're hanging out in Naples, um, but they've got a real tough schedule: Lakers, Bucks, Nuggets, Heat, and Sixers among their eight teams. While Boston, Boston's got a nice one: uh, Washington, Portland, Memphis, Brooklyn, and Orlando, and a big game against Toronto. So uh, I'm worried, a little worried about the Raps. A little bit worried that they could give oh. up. It's a three-game lead. It's a three-game lead. It's big, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about that one. Well, they definitely uh, play each other too. 
right. in these uh, eight games. That is a huge game between the Raps and Celtics, like you said, and maybe determining the second or third seed. I guess the one good thing is, you're right, it'd be nice to get that, uh, if you're a Raptors fan, it'd be nice to get the easier, quote-unquote, easier first-round battle versus the Nets or the Magic, like you said. But at least you're not... Um, deciding there's no home court advantage right <laughs> so if they were to then play in the later on in the in the quarterfinals or whatever it's not like either team in the second or third seed is going to have home court advantage at least mm-hmm. to what we know so that mm-hmm. i guess doesn't matter as much but i hear you you know you're right it's not a whoever you're getting in the sixth seed in the east is not a gimme by any means right it's like like all those teams I already listed prior so yeah that's true that'll be one to keep an eye on especially for the raps and celtics out there what about you trey well, it's the Western Conference eighth seed. To me, that's really the only thing that matters in the in the run up to the actual playoffs. It's really up for grabs. We got eight on for eight on the way to the Mega Bowl. That's the road to the Mega Bowl right there. And I've got a dirty little secret. I can't follow seeding races, to be honest with you. I don't like doing all of the math that's involved for things that might happen. It's like if this team wins this game, then then loses this one, then this team loses three straight and the other one wins, we're going to see such and such and such in a home court matchup. To me, it's a little bit like the always sunny meme where Charlie Day is just kind of like, I'm like, I can't get it. Whatever will be, will be. We'll see the playoff matchups when we see them. I think it's going to be especially hard to figure those things out during the restart, considering we don't know what teams are going to do resting-wise. Uh, mm-hmm. The good teams who could lock in their seeds really early during this round-robin sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's tough to look forward to knowing who's going to be the 3-6 when there's not really a home court advantage involved as well. So, yeah, watching those eighth seed games, hopefully some of these teams that are outside of the picture are able to stay close enough to force a Mega Bowl. There, there's a reason why we're never going to call you John Kirby. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right? Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> and I love that math. Okay, yeah, that, that makes sense, watching that uh, that race for the eighth seed in the West and then, then maybe who plays the play-in game, Mega Bowl, whatever you want to call it. I'll, uh, I'll go one up the rung there in the West. It's maybe not as sexy as some of these that you're listing, uh, guys, but can the Mavs move out of the seventh seed? That's where they currently are right now. But if you're a seven seed, you're very, very, very likely going to be playing the Clippers, in, uh, and that's that's not good. You know, that's, that's going to be very <laughs> difficult. You're not going to. I'm sorry, you're just not going to beat them. I don't think. But but the Mavs could move up to sixth, could even move up to fifth, and then a healthy Luca and a healthy KP. I, I I think you could talk yourself into them winning a first round series, depending on who they were playing in a in that type of matchup be it you know three six or or a five four even so just watching the mavericks they obviously none of these schedules for the most part are easy but they put together a little string of wins here and they're moving up because they're not that far behind i mean you sort of think maybe in your head that they're sort of locked into that seven seed but you know they got the thunder they're right there within their sights and even teams above them so the dallas mavericks just really about their chances of winning a playoff series i guess Mm. is what i'm getting at here sort of something little to watch Mm -hmm. all right Final question before we wrap it up here on a Saturday. Weekend podcast. Who knew? What's your one bubble prediction? All right. You can get as crazy as you want with this one. I'll get us started. I think a team is going to go 8-0 in the seeding games. Yes, 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 yes. Now, here's why. Okay. My favorite um, NBA restart bet that I saw, I just saw it before we jumped on here, is whether any, any NBA team will go 8-0 in these seeding games uh, when the league restarts. Yes gets you plus 600. That's juicy. Uh, no, minus 1,500. 
So, you know, the Vegas thinks, no, not likely. But I think that's awesome value. Plus 600 is awesome value for it actually happening. Randomness thrives in small sample sizes, boys. And the Sixers, you said it there earlier, Trey. They're an interesting possibility, and here's why. When you go through their schedule, they open versus the Pacers. Now, that's a huge game, all right, in terms of playoff seeding. You know, they're, they're chasing each other. They're actually, like, basically tied. Then they play five straight games against sub-500 teams. And then they finish versus the Raptors and the Rockets. Now, okay, so... Look, they could beat the Pacers. Then they play a bunch of crappy teams. We know the Sixers are good if Ben, Hem- ben Simmons' back is, is you know healthy, and, and by all accounts it is. They're, they're a good team. Raptors and Rockets. Those two teams, first off, they could just straight up beat on any given mm-hmm. night, no doubt. Again, especially with a healthy squad. And then who knows at that point, because those are the last two games, who knows where the Raptors and Rockets stand, right, in points in regards to their seeding. Like, they might be wrapped up. The Raps may have the number two seed. Okay, no problem. Rockets may be locked into wherever they are. And they may not have, they may sit all a bunch of their star players. So like, while the Sixers could be still playing for something in terms of moving up. So I think my prediction is not at least one team is going to go eight zero in this. And um, I like I like the Sixers' chances for some weird reason. So that's yeah, my you, prediction. You would almost think that their hardest game might be their very first game playing against Indiana, a team that mm-hmm. has played them pretty well and now will have had even longer for Victor Oladipo to get healthy. Um, but after that, you're right. It's, there's easy teams and then we'll see what happens with toronto and houston yeah the problem with the six is they're, they're such a feast or famine team right they oh, can yeah. easily go oh, yeah. zero and eight <laughs> yeah. and i don't have an egg on my face but uh whatever right oh you just, love eggs man i do love <laughs> eggs i'd love to have one on my face right now um but just like my my actual prediction is that maybe it's not the sixers but one team at least goes eight and no that's why i love that bet that plus 600 that's a juicy payout i hate to sound like cam stewart right now but oh boy i would love <laughs> to make some money and eat some wings. sixers the picks <laughs> trey what about you what's your bubble prediction here We've talked a lot about what the league is going to do to kind of make the experience fun for people at home to be watching and how they're going to replicate some sort of a fan experience in the arena. You know, maybe it'll be cutouts. Maybe it'll be holograms. Maybe we'll just see players sitting in the stands. Who knows what it is? We got a little bit of detail as uh, Sean Sharania reported in a conference call on over on Friday um, that the league is planning on introducing a tap to cheer app that lights up the arena in a team's colors. Yeah. This thing's getting hacked for sure. I don't know if it'll be a straight up hacking or like a click farm or maybe just some sort of a Reddit activation where we're like, we're cheering anytime somebody throws a bounce pass. And it's gonna go crazy because if you put an app in the hands of people to control what happens on a television, something bad is bound to happen and it's gonna be hilarious. Wow. Unless the NBA is so smart, they protect, like they say this tap to cheer app, they send it all out, but it actually does nothing. Like mm-hmm. we, the user, think it's doing something, but they're the ones just controlling it. So that would be smart. You're right. You mean kind of like when they had hashtag NBA vote? Oh, yeah. That's were those exactly even right. counted? I can't exactly. believe we're doing this without Lee Ellis. Yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, you think uh, the tap to cheer could be hacked. That's a great prediction. I, it's what like you, you ask the site? internet to name a boat, it ends up being named Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> you ask the internet to cheer, you're getting Cheery McCheerface, whatever right. the equivalent of that is. Right. So what, what do you think of this idea, Tass? This, I mean, you, you saw the the report as well, like these lights going up and you can be hammering the Raptors, uh, you know, red button and it's just lighting up red, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I do think it's going to be sort of like a, an in arena, like a decibel meter, where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, just we, fake. Yeah, it's just fake. And, and, and they can, and the fact that they can probably just pull out and use the camera, like they'll focus on the quote unquote the lights in the arena when they want as well, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. if you're watching the game and the, the the cameras are focused on the floor, will you even see the lights in the arena that they're lighting up? I don't think mm-hmm. so. I think it'll have to be when. I don't know. There's a big moment, and they basically just turn the lights on in the arena, red and blue, because the Sixers scored a big bucket. You know, so I, yeah. I think it's just, it's just the lighting guy changing the lights. Yeah, I mean, I wish like. I would like to see them like put like robots behind the baskets, and then when the opposition is shooting a free throw. Um, we could be pounding, we could be tapping this app and uh, it's like moving and like maybe there's noise from like these robots to try and distract the free throw shooter. Yeah, that'd be, that's like next level stuff here. That's a lot more, I don't know, that's a lot cooler than just lights going off, I think. But they're at Disney, get the Imagineers on it. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Okay, so we got uh, one team going 8 no. We got the tap to cheer being hacked. Tass, finish this off. What's your bubble prediction here? Yeah, from the, uh, from the app tapper to uh, another innovation I do believe uh, will be cool down there. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff happening. Um, According to Adam Silver, we're also going to see unique, never-seen-before camera angles. It's Mm. bold. It's bold. Never seen before. Uh, I'm not bold enough to really come up with anything too crazy, but I do think there will be a camera angle dedicated just to shoes. So I'm not sure where you're going to be able to switch around your camera angles, but I think I think probably on some sort of web platform like they've done for TNT Overdrive, or you know they'll they'll right. go to it at some other point. But I think somewhere you'll be able to just see uh, there's a camera operator who's probably in the front row on the sideline because there's nobody in those seats. He's opposite a bench, probably you know if 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 you can uh, see the the floor. And he'll put that camera on the floor, and he'll just be pointing it at shoes, and uh, that, that's all you're seeing. And I think people will absolutely love it, uh, be able to see shoes up close and personal. When Rajon Rondo's bringing up that ball and he stops, you're going to be able to see what footwear he's wearing. Because if you think about it, you don't really get a lot of great shoe angles during a game. It just True. happens like once in a blue moon when Kevin Durant's shoe f- yeah. flies yeah. off. You know, it doesn't happen that often. So I think. That'll be one of the uh, the camera angles that we've never seen before. And somebody suggested that to me on Twitter. So let me give him his props. His name is Hey Duke on Twitter. So <laughs> hey thanks Duke. to Hey Duke for... for hey Duke. Hey Duke. Uh, we're going to see some Hey Shoes, Dukey. Well, we th- <laughs> do you think we'll see drones, JD? Will there be drones flying uh, around? No, I don't. I don't Why? think I, I just don't think there I've seen too many uh fail army uh drone crash videos. Right. Uh and I just if it that could be disastrous if it yeah, flew into be. a guy's head, you know, by accident. <laughs> I think they should just like get hockey helmets for the refs and put GoPros on top of the oh, the refs and just have ref awesome. cams. That'd wow. be great. Huh. That's actually I thought where you were going at first there too, Tess, with shoe camera. I thought you were going to say like cameras on the guy's shoes. And I was like, well, that'd be a weird angle. How would that work? Um, well, oh, right, Smith yeah. comes back. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, we're apparently going to get some crazy angles here. So that'll be fun at least. Yeah, we're going to get some enhanced audio from players and coaches. Not sure what that means. Uh, personal Personalized alternative streams with statistical overlays. How you like right. that? 
yeah. chat yeah, functions they, they, and social influencers. Bo Verney is going to be talking to us while we're watching the game. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> virtual concerts. Woo-wee. <laughs> well, yeah, this it's a lot lined up. They're going to try and make us uh, entertained here for the, these first couple of weeks and then into the playoffs. I wonder if they'll keep all that stuff for the playoffs. I guess they'll probably just test it out and see what the uh, reaction is to a lot of it. And they're like, yeah. People are either like, oh, I love all these graphics on the screen or... I love this camera angle, or I love this drone uh, nearly decapitating somebody. <laughs> um, or they'll be like, get rid of it all. So we'll see. They could change the name of this from the bubble to the test tube, and it could change the game. Like It, it could change things moving forward. Uh, they just just try everything. Try everything. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's hope that's what they do. All right. Let's call it there. Um, get your questions in for next week's Beach Step In podcast. Let's hear your answers to some of the questions I asked the guys. You know, your predictions and who benefited the most, who got hosed and all that. Leave us those five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes. Be a gem. I said it on Friday's podcast. Big week ahead for No Dunks. Um, we plan to talk to Rayan Ali about his new book, or newish book, I guess, about NBA Jam. This was a fun book. I read this thing twice. I enjoyed it so much. We're going to talk to him about that. We got a Canadian Basketball Canada Day Moments podcast lined up. We got a new Who Wants Some Trivia, so lots in store. Tass, happy birthday in advance to your little girl, Zoe, coming up this weekend. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Big Zoe, big party. What do you got planned? A little little pool party with just the fam? Looking at each other, yep. (laughs) (laughs) It's like every other day. All right. Well, happy birthday to Zoe. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, I heard this once. It's really good advice. Try everything. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay.